Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here for the Props Network. Uh, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, I can't believe it, and Twitch. Yes, this is exciting. Our new time slot at noon. Thank you very much for anybody joining us, checking the show out. Really appreciate it. Uh, we got a good show for you today. We're obviously going to be talking lines, you know, money lines, over, under, who's the favorite for week nine in the NFL. But boy, we got some new COVID tests showing up in multiple or multiple teams that could affect uh, if not games this weekend, at least games in the future, but certainly not tonight. As NFL said, yeah, we're going to go in ahead and play this 49ers Green Bay Packers game. But we're going to talk about Saints Tampa Bay, Seattle Buffalo, and Ravens Colts. That's my fantastic four for the weekend. Also, coming up, Bo knows college football. Bo, as you also know him, it's been Bo back, but he goes by Bo. We're going to be talking about uh, Louisville. They're having to postpone a game with UVA. Go Tigers! LSU, Conference USA, and Pitt at FSU. Uh, Of course, if you've been watching the show, listen to the pod. Uh, Both Ben and I uh, have a very close connection with WPTS and University of Pittsburgh, so we're going to talk about Pitt football. We're going to, just a little bit. NBA offseason. We've got some talk coming up, trade talks. Will the games happen in December or not? Devil's advocate on Antonio Brown. Sports you don't care about. We've got the World Cup of Darts. we got some predictions, and, and Bo is going to share his thoughts and updates on that. And I'm introducing a new segment called Family Time. And my dad and brothers, we all chat, we, we text about Premier League, Champions League, and they're gonna come on to give their thoughts on uh, the upcoming games and and the fact that pay-per-view is changing. Pay-per-view is changing for the English Premier League. But first, let's bring in Bo. He's gonna be joining us throughout the day uh, to talk about show. How you doing, Bo? What's going on? Doing, Doing good, doing good. Glad to be back, as always. Uh, we got a lot to get into, um, so I will start the segment here. Um, but welcome, and you know, chime in whenever you feel you're you're ready. Always ready. Okay, uh, and we're going to talk about those lanyards behind you back there at some point. Uh, but of course, we're going to start the show with a read before we go into the NFL. Are you located in the state with legal online sports betting? Don't make a bet this season before you visit thepropsnetwork.com. Thepropsnetwork.com has you covered with free bets and special bonus deals from all the top U.S. online sports books. Get $30 free bets and up to $600 risk-free at Unibet. Claim up to $1,000 signing bonus bundle from DraftKings Sportsbook. That's another one you could potentially uh, partake in. Or try Points Bet Sportsbook with four risk-free bets totaling up to $1,000 using promo code bonus props. The Props Network is also the only, the only betting news site with live NFL odds for every game so you can shop the comps and know you are getting the biggest payout possible before you lock in your bet. 
Do your bankroll a favor and check out thepropsnetwork.com. You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. All right, we're starting with the NFL. And before I get to my fantastic four games, there are more COVID tests this week in the NFL. Every week, it seems like a new team, different player. Now the Texans have to close down their facility. The 49ers have players testing positive for COVID. And my question is, is this more indicative of what's happening in the country with the rising tests, uh, people testing positive for the coronavirus, or is there something with football? The Houston Texans, they Houston Texans closed their facility on Thursday following one of their players, uh, Jacob Martin, um, as ESPN.com confirmed, tested positive for COVID. And it, it's tough because, you know, that's one of the things that we all discussed. Uh, the Texans played uh, the Jaguars in Jacksonville on Sunday. And, you know, as the season was getting closer and closer, it's like, yeah, football is the sport where it's very hard for you not to come in contact with your opponent, your teammates, you know, you're breathing and sweating on each other. But the key is you are not able to have a bubble. Or maybe, I mean, I guess technically anybody can have a bubble, but come on, it'd be ridiculous to think the NFL or college football, for that matter, can have a bubble. And even the NBA and NHL, they had a bubble, but it was only half of the teams in the leagues. And that may been, have been why it was easier for them to have a bubble. And so for the Texans here to have to shut down their facility. And then the 49ers. The 49ers have multiple players test positive. One of them is former Washington football player, Trent Williams. He tests positive ahead of the Green Bay game, which is tonight. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne tested positive. The wide receiver tested positive for COVID. And then, you know, uh, Debo Samuel, wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk. If I said that right, is also a wide receiver. And then I mentioned left tackle Trent Williams, also tested positive. And it's really difficult to make a determination what is the issue, but obviously COVID cases are rising. And in the end, what realistically is going to have to happen for the NFL? And it's not going to be easy to do. And realistically, it's probably like that's a pipe dream for me to even say that it can happen. You know, we had games delayed that affected the Steelers and the Titans and the Ravens in the past. But there's going to have to be bubbles. That's the only way around it. Whether it's teams going from bubble to bubble in each city, 
So take, for example, Green Bay and the 49ers are playing this weekend. So basically, the Green Bay Packers would have went from their game on uh, uh, Sunday. They lost to the Vikings of all teams. Vikings only won one game this season. Green Bay only lost one game this season. What's What gives? But Green Bay basically should have gone from their bubble to another bubble. And they should go right to San Francisco and stay in the bubble in San Francisco until they play. That may be the only solution that is going to work. That may be it. And it's just traveling from bubble to bubble. And you have an, a home bubble and an away bubble. And the away team travels in their private jets and their, you know, uh, private uh buses to take them to and from the game or the or the hotel or the you know there are no homes anymore that may be the only way to do this because it's tough and i and i know every week with these positive tests the nfl is crossing their fingers that it's not more players that we're going to have to cancel the game but it may steamroll to a point where it's out of control and obviously none of us want that i mean the NFL is sits at the, the king. They're at the top of all the leagues. Everybody wants to watch the NFL. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope that doesn't happen. All right. So that game, the 49ers and Green Bay, are one of the fantastic four games that I will get to. But first, we are going to start with Tampa Bay hosting the New Orleans Saints. This is a rematch. First game of the year. It was Tom Brady donning the jersey of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after 20 years of wearing the New England Patriots jersey. Playing in New Orleans. Tampa Bay in the Bayou did not go well for the Buccaneers. But that was the first game. This is the game that I think is more indicative of what I'm sure in Tampa Bay, the fans expected the league and their team or the league to see of the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. This is a type of team that Tom Brady envisioned he would see. Bruce Arians envisioned he would see on the field. And now you're seeing the real Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints. And... The other part that I like about this game, it's the only game in town. It's the night game on Sunday. And it's the return of Jameis Winston. He was drafted by the Bucks, had some up and down years. They loved him down at Raymond James Stadium. But my man threw too many interceptions after too many touchdowns. It's like, yeah, it's time to go. We got to get you out of here. So let's look at the line. We got Tampa Bay minus four and a half. I'm picking these numbers from DraftKings, FYI. Over under at 51. Money line minus 215 for Tampa Bay plus 185 for New Orleans. So obviously that means that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are rolling are favored to win. And how could they not be favored to win? The Saints got the win last week, but failed to cover the spread. 
unfortunately. They've won each of their last three games by how many points? Three points. By exactly three points. But they are one and three against the spread in their last four games. I don't see it. Michael Thomas is listed as questionable. Alvin Kamara is playing great on fantasy. If you got Alvin Kamara, you're looking good. But not having Michael Thomas might play a role in New Orleans not looking like the New Orleans that you saw in that first game against Tampa Bay. Not to mention the fact, not to mention the fact, we also have to add to that. Um, this is a different team. If you're Tampa Bay and you see a New Orleans Saints team that's only won their last three games by three points, I think you're looking good if you're Tampa Bay. Now, granted, Monday Night Football, this is somewhat of a short week for Tampa Bay, but at least they play Sunday night. But against the Giants, they should not have been down 14 to 6 at the half. It took a little longer than even I expected for that offense to get rolling. But Tom Brady picked it back up in the second half. They ranked fourth in the NFL in scoring. And they added a weapon. They add what, come on, everybody. If he wasn't suspended or messing up his career on Twitter, we know, we know who is the best wide receiver in the National Football League. Now, that was before everything happened, but Antonio Brown's back. Antonio Brown will be back, and I expect, I would hope that he's going to be a good, good, good teammate, a good player. You know, apparently he's living in Tom Brady's guest house, and Tom Brady can keep an eye out on him. Let's hope. Let's hope he can survive. And you may see him in the Super Bowl. But in this game, I'm taking Tampa Bay at minus four and a half. I'm going with the over. The last seven New Orleans Saints games have been over. I'm taking the over there. But I think that the I think that the uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not have a problem with the Saints. I just don't see it. All right, next game that I want to see. Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bill, at the Buffalo Bills, if I can talk. Seattle's favorite at minus three, over under at 55, money line minus 152 for Seattle, plus 133 for Buffalo. Hmm. Who do I like? Who do I like in this game? This is a tough one. This is a tough one here. I'm definitely expecting offense and a lot of offense. I want to see DK Metcalf. He's amazing. And Stefan Diggs. This is a one o'clock game on CBS. It should be a good one. Russell Westbrook is playing great. He has 26 touchdowns this season. A 10.2% touchdown rate. 
That's really good every time they have the ball. He is throwing a touchdown a little over every 10 pass attempts. It's a touchdown. That's greatness. That is greatness. The running backs, you got a lot of options there with Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, Carlos Hyde. All banged up, not sure who's going to play. Travis Homer. But the bottom line is, if you got Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, I think you're good. Tyler Lockett's not bad either. Tyler Lockett's not bad either. On the other side, you got Josh Allen, a young QB who would love to have a career like Russell Wilson. But his meteoric rise at the beginning of the season, now he's kind of leveled off. The good news for Josh Allen is Seattle does allow a lot of pull, a lot of yards through the air. And with Stefan Diggs and John Brown, they should see a lot of catches, a lot of balls. And it'll be a lot of fun to see those wide receivers going against each other. The Bills' defense isn't that great either. But the Bills are 0-4 against the spread in their last four games. The thing that I also think about is you have to think about too when you're making your pick is understanding that the Buffalo Bills are going to be um, traveling west to east. So how will that play into it? DJ Dallas will be the main running back for Seattle in this game. So I think as much as you would be concerned about Seattle traveling west to east, which I am, I'm not really that concerned. I think that the Seattle Seahawks will not have a problem with the Buffalo Bills. It should be a very fun game. There's no doubt about that. But I think when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, the way that they are playing now, as good as they are as a team, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks at minus three. I'm taking the over at 55. Seattle Seahawks win and covers my pick. Next game, we've got Ravens at the Colts. Baltimore starts Baltimore starts out as the favorite at minus two and a half. Over under at 47. Moneyline Baltimore is minus 130. Indianapolis at, is at plus 115. So who you got? What I saw in a Buffalo Ravens team last week against the Steelers, one is that the Steelers are just the better football team. Lamar Jackson just doesn't look like the type of quarterback that he was last year. I just don't see it. Overall, the team is good. But unfortunately, I just don't see when I was watching that game against the Steelers, 
the Steelers, and maybe Steelers defense, were able to give Lamar Jackson fits, four turnovers. The defense is good, but, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, whether you're paying attention or not, are a really good football team. I know. You don't believe it. You don't think you one, you gotta remember that Phillip Rivers is actually in Indianapolis now. They're five and two. Five and two. Three and oh at home, two and two on the road. So what did I just say? Three and oh at home. Three and oh. And they've won two games in a row. And they're going up against a Baltimore Ravens team, which is funny. That is also 3-0 on the road. So who do you pick? Who could you possibly pick in this game? One o'clock on Sunday on CBS. Jackson is still dangerous running the ball, which is good. The Baltimore defense is a top defense. It's tied for third in the league with 12 takeaways. But as I mentioned, the Colts defense is very good too, allowing the second fewest yards and third fewest yards per play. And they are good against quarterback runs. And so that will be interesting to see. Again, I mentioned Phillip Rivers plays in, for the Colts, in case you didn't know that. And so now, as I try to make a pick, you've got the Ravens at 3-0 and in a row coming off of a loss against the Steelers, which is probably very emotional for them, the biggest rivalry for them all year. They look at two games, Steelers, 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 at home, on the road. Then you've got the Colts who are undefeated at home. Something's got to give. Baltimore is favored at minus two and a half. I think in terms of the way that Baltimore hits you, and even though the Colts have done well against the run, the question is, have you seen a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, Indianapolis? Lamar Jackson is, if you want to say he's not the best running quarterback, because I think you got to throw Russell Wilson in there. You've got to throw Patrick Mahomes in there. He's definitely one of them. And if you look at the Colts' schedule, they play Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings, New York Jets at the Bears, at the Browns, in the Cincinnati Bengals. You know what they have not faced? A running quarterback. So I am taking the Colts to lose to Baltimore. And actually, you know what? I don't even think it'll be a close game. I'm taking Baltimore minus two and a half. I am going to take the under at 47. 
I think the Baltimore Ravens win and cover that game. And that takes us to the Monday night game, the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco Giants. Excuse me, 49ers. This is San Francisco Giants. I don't know why, because thinking baseball. Wow. That's tonight. It should be an interesting game. The Packers have no running backs, and the 49ers have no wide receivers or a tight end. What are they going to do? Arguably, the best tight end in the game is going to be out for the next eight weeks. No George Kittle. That's going to be tough. It's a short week. They've had COVID tests. You want to see this injury list or hear this injury list? Got a chat here. Lamar is the best running quarterback. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, if he is the best running quarterback, he better show it. He better show it against the Indianapolis Colts. Because I want to see that next game against, you know, the Steelers be like the game. Although I know the Ravens are now two games behind. So it's going to be tough for them to catch up to the Steelers. But who knows? Maybe it's a matter of the Ravens getting in the playoffs or not. That's a possibility. But back to the 49ers. Here's their players on injured reserve. Jimmy Garoppolo. Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson Jr., Jalen Hurd, George Kittle, Jordan Reed, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Solomon Thomas, Richard Sherman. This team has been struggling all year to stay healthy. And now they're going up against a Green Bay Packers team who, actually, I don't even know. I don't even know what is going on with Green Bay, how they lost to the Vikings because they they're not able to stop the run, obviously, with Dalvin Cook. Now, Green Bay is 5-2 and two on the season. They won their last eight games coming off of a loss. With the injuries, with the COVID... Again, like I mentioned with Seattle coming to Buffalo, you've got Green Bay traveling to San Francisco. They've got a running back, A.J. Dillon, who tested positive for COVID against the Minnesota Vikings. So they're somewhat dealing with COVID issues too. Green Bay's 1-3-1 and against the spread in West Coast games since... 2018, I still probably in the end, I'm going to favor Green Bay. I think San Francisco playing with Nick Mullins under center, the short week, they're three and 15 against the spread in their last 18 home games following consecutive road games. My pick is Green Bay will win, but that's tough. I don't know if they're going to cover it. Minus seven and a half. 
The over-under is at 48 and a half. Money line plus minus 335 for Green Bay, plus 280 for San Francisco. Boy, can Green Bay. I'm taking San Francisco at plus seven and a half. I think Green Bay will win, but I don't like that. I think it's I don't know, but Nick Mullins is quarterback. Okay, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. San Francisco. San Francisco. All right, so there are my fantastic four games. Saints at Tampa Bay. I'm taking Tampa Bay at minus four and a half. I'm taking the over at 51. Thinking Tampa Bay will win and cover. Seattle at Buffalo. I've got Seattle at minus three. I'm taking Seattle at minus three, and I'm taking the over at 55. I think Seattle will win and cover. Ravens at Colts. I'm taking the Ravens on the road at minus two and a half, but I'm taking the under at 47. Those are my my, uh, Sunday games. And in my Thursday night game, Green Bay at San Francisco, I'm taking Green – I think Green Bay will win, but I like San Francisco at plus seven and a half, and I'm taking the under at 48 and a half. So there you have it, my NFL picks. All right, coming up, Bo knows college football. We're going to be talking college football with Bo, Bo Beck, coming up next. But first, we got to read. Because this is the Props Network. Come on, I'm trying to help you out. BetMGM is a new online sports book that is taking over the online betting nation. Not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds on all major sports, but they also offer some of the industry's strongest weekly promos. This week at BetMGM, you can get a free $20 in-play wager when you bet $50 or more on any live NFL game. You got one tonight? Green Bay at San Francisco. Put your money down. Come on. Or you can get up to $100 in free bets in the free-to-pay Pick 3 First Touchdown NFL Challenge. Like a tongue twister. And as always, as always, you'll get a $10 free bet in the Money Monday Club. And on Monday, when we're live again on Monday, you can join that club. But that's not all. Right now, BetMGM has a special signing bonus for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a new account at BetMGM and use the code JUSTSPORT20 to get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $500. That's right, just send your code JustSport20 and up to $500 bonus bankroll is yours. But you must be 21 and over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. All right, let's talk some college football with Bo. Now the first game up. Hi, Bo. How you doing? Still here. Not going anywhere. I thought maybe you'd chime in on some of my NFL talk. Was it? No, no, no qualms about my predictions. I think I think Ravens Colts might be a little interesting. Um, you know, I love that little historical context. You know, of course, the Colts leaving Baltimore to move to Indianapolis. Maybe it's a little chippy deep down, but I don't know. Philip Rivers could get interesting. You never, was, you never know what you're going to get with him on any given day. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. In the last game, uh, yeah. 41 points, but it's at the Lions. But still, that's, you know, maybe maybe he's getting in a rhythm. A team, two teams that are not going to be getting in a rhythm are the Louisville Cardinals and the University of Virginia Cavaliers. 
Um, that game is postponed due to a coronavirus outbreak. Does this concern you in the greater picture of is this, as as I mentioned at the top of the show, more cases are rising. Yeah. Are you concerned about that with college football and specifically with this game? Did it surprise you that they canceled the game? Um, well, first of all, I think, again, you know, like I think I've rehashed pretty much every week I've been on here. It goes to show the great work the ACC did in setting up this schedule that they're able to, you know, reset. And, and I think this game is scheduled to be played next weekend. You know, this is a in November fourteenth. Yeah, I, this is a conference that you know built in flexibility with their conference championship game. They built in flexibility with the in-season schedule. They were prepared for these eventualities because, look, like you said, with the NFL, they're just—it doesn't seem like they're going to move to a bubble anytime. And so they know that at some point, this kind of stuff is going to happen. And so they've been prepared for it. They've been able to react to it. Um, you saw it earlier in the season with Virginia Tech, the team Louisville lost to last week. Um, you saw it with UVA as well. Their game, again, against Virginia Tech was postponed until later in the season. That will be played December 12th, the Commonwealth Cup, the rivalry down there. But, I mean, if you talk about actual on-field results, I think it it goes both ways for these two teams. UVA coming off their biggest win of the season. They put up 45 on UNC, arguably one of the better teams in the ACC. They were starting to get things rolling a little bit down there with Bronco Mendenhall and that Cavaliers team. And on the other side, Louisville has been, you know, this was a team coming off an eight-win season, a coach of the year season for uh, Scott Satterfield. And now they've kind of been struggling. They lost to Pitt earlier. They were kind of bouncing back and forth. They mm -hmm. dominated Florida State two weeks ago, then come back and lose in conference to Virginia Tech. This, you know, it's strange to say it like this, but this will give them a chance to kind of regroup and, you know, reassess and go into that game next week against UVA with a chance to, to really reassess and get a nice kind of bye week almost here late in the season. I, I like that they have the open week. I think with the fact that they're, you know, spend so much time together and obviously on the field, how close they are, but 15 player members of the Cardinals yeah. tested positive, 10 players, five staff members. I just don't, I mean, I guess it's the next man up. You're looking at a freshman or a sophomore who's going to fill some of those spots in some cases, or just next man up period, not necessarily freshman or, or sophomore, but just whatever player was the backup is going to come in. Yeah. Not gonna act like I know Louisville football to know their depth <laughs> chart, but you know, the bottom line is this seems like a, a, a large number of players and yeah. support staff to just say, oh, we'll just play next week. I mean, it, it's not as large as the 20-odd something um, members of that football program that Virginia Tech had to hold out through their first two weeks of the season. But obviously, this late in the season, it's a little alarming um, to have those high numbers. Obviously, you know, we've seen the spikes around the world, really, and around sports here in the United States. But, uh, you know, to... To, to see how it's going to affect them on the field. Um, it's going to be interesting. Again, when it comes to the protocols, you don't have in the ACC that 21-day mandated you know, quarantine that's going to keep Wisconsin off the field for two weeks out in the Big Ten without their two of their quarterbacks, without their head coach. The ACC has set it up so you can be cleared if you test negative within 10 days. 
And, you know, that's the difference between the eight-game schedule in the Big Ten and the 11-game schedule in the ACC. So, you know, the 14 players is concerning, but, you know, given the protocols the ACC has in place, there's a chance that most of them will be able to return for that game against Virginia next week. Now, it's interesting. Uh, in our chat, I just learned from uh, Mr. I got to get this name, C-H-R-L-S-Y-A-T-Z. I don't know what we call this name, but it's someone who just said Navy versus Tulsa just got canceled this morning. And yeah. thank you very much for that information. Another game that was canceled. Tulsa. Uh, Did you see the bad beat in Tulsa's game? Oh, my God. Let's week? talk. Of, okay. Okay. Uh, Chris, that's it's Chris, actually. I know exactly who it is. Uh, thank you, Chris, for, for that update. Um, I had to go to my phone to figure it out because I got family and friends supporting and, and I and I love it. Uh, love to see it. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if I OK, what's worse, a bad beat when you bet on it or fantasy football? For me, it's fantasy football. If I lose to someone that hurts me more than the bad beat. Yeah, I think that's a tough debate for me. I don't know how your fantasy leagues work, but mine, like most of the ones I'm in are the ones where, you know, you set a price, you set a buy-in, and then maybe half the guys agree to do it. <laughs> Some people never pay up. You know, we're still not sure on what the actual payout is going to be for the end of the season. And so, yeah, there's a little downside to you're losing this week, but I think it's almost a more, you know, tangible loss when it's actually a bad beat um on on an individual bet rather than the fantasy football season where you know you're not going to really feel the effect of that beat until the till the end of the year i mean i'll tell you last weekend i had the over 52 and a half in byu western kentucky and western kentucky maryland transfer tyrone pigram was down it was like fourth and goal from the one yeah they don't score BYU comes out, they throw an interception. <laughs> WKU comes down and scores. I'm thinking, all right, now we're feeling good. Missed it by like two points. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. just it's just brutal sometimes. It, it is sometimes. And uh, let's move on. Keeping to Bono's college football. Speaking of brutal, go Tigers. Boy, Ed Orgeron down there. I don't know what's going on with LSU. Is it all because Joe Burrow's gone? The euphoria of a national championship well, is no more? It's because Joe Burrow's gone. It's because Joe Brady's gone. It's because Jamar Chase is gone. A lot of Jays. Justin Jefferson is gone. More Jays. Because they have, <laughs> I want to say, four or five opt outs on their you know defensive front between the linebackers. Patrick Queen was a first round pick for the Ravens. I mean, when you look at that LSU team last year, I think they had, I want to say something like, five or six players in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. You have your offensive coordinator taking a job with the Carolina Panthers, and it's just not the same team at all. And you bring in Bo Pelini to be your defensive coordinator. You're giving up yeah. something close to 40 points a game. You know, you you give credit to Coach O for being able to bring in, um, you know, Brady last year and being able to get that team, you know, to the incredible, incredibly successful season that they had. But at some point, you got to say, look, Pelini was not the answer on the defensive side of the ball to replace Aradna. Dave Aradna went to go coach Baylor. We didn't even mm -hmm. mention him. I mean, this is a team that replaced both coordinators. 
that replaced, I want to say, something close to 14 players on both sides of the ball when it comes to starters between NFL draft picks and opts out. It's just not the same team, and they're showing it on the field. I, you know, obviously, I'm sure, you know, LSU fans and boosters will have faith in Coach O to get this program back, you know, given a year, given the strange circumstances and everything going on around college football this year. But at some point, you got to say, you got to take a step back and assess at least from the defensive coordinator higher. Pelini and that defense just have not been good enough. A huge step down from where Dave Arodna had that team last year. Bo, what conference are they in? The SEC. Do you ever hear anyone from Alabama talk about, oh, we lost a player. We're not as good as last year. What kind of excuse is that? That just shouldn't, bottom line is, LSU should not say, that's not, you're right, you're 100% right. I don't mean like you're you're wrong. I'm not saying it like that, but that's a shame. I'm just trying to think of a year where a team lost their quarterback, their offensive coordinator, and all three of their wide receivers. Okay, so we've got some homework. In the same offseason. Okay, we've got some homework. I'll have to go do some digging on that. (laughs) Okay. It's not just that they're losing players. I just think it was the They're losing scholarships too, by the way. (laughs) That's going to hurt. Thanks, Odell. (laughs) Thanks, Odell. Odell showing up in the locker room after the national championship, and now they've lost eight scholarships. I will say. may lose them. I will say, Odell has been unfairly thrown under the bus considering – I believe it was a parent of a defensive lineman who received something like 180k in payments <laughs> from boosters. That's that's pretty bad. That's uh yeah. Um, I just LSU is just not the same, and it's unfortunate. And I don't know if they'll ever get back. But when you lose 48 11 to Auburn, it's not good. Not good. What is good? I guess conference. I mean, US- an Auburn team that has not looked great. No, no, they haven't. Um, Conference USA is coming back. Why? I mean, isn't it? I mean, I guess it's weird to say it's kind of late in the season, but I guess, I mean, I guess because for me, college football would be done by December, right? And then you rest up for the national championship. So how many games are you really going to get in in the Conference USA to say you've had a season? Yeah, I mean, and it's not just Conference USA. You have the MAC coming back last night. Um, with some really great games, some really entertaining games, as always, you know, like we're always getting in action. You have the Pac-12 coming back this weekend. Did you see the time slot on that USC Arizona State? That's noon Eastern time. <laughs> Eastern time. Eastern time. Not a, hey, Not I always time. Eastern time. Pac-12 Wait. before breakfast. Hey, there's nine, a that's nine a.m. The- local time. It's the only thing that was exciting about if I had to move to the West Coast, I'd be like, okay, if I can get football for breakfast all the way through dinner, that's great. And then you still have the evening. That's the main benefit of living on the West Coast. But still ridiculous, 9 a.m., 9 a.m. college football. I mean, you really really would get it all day. And, I mean, 9 a.m., I mean, I can't even imagine for those players. I was talking about it this morning. Um, You know, it reminds me of – playing JV football my freshman year where you roll out of bed at like 6.30, you'd be at school by like 7, you're in the locker room, and you're out there at 9 a.m., the field is still soaking wet with the morning dew. It's just (laughs) a very different type of football. I just hope those players get some coffee in them. It's going to be interesting. I think USC is favored pretty heavily 
it's going to be very interesting to see if they can perform as well as everybody thinks they can, given the fact that they were in bed your three or four hours before that game <laughs> yeah. kicks off. Um, yeah, uh, a, a player who will be in bed when Pittsburgh kicks off is Paris Ford. Uh, Pitt has lost four in a row. Paris Ford, at the beginning of the season, was contemplating sitting out. Yeah. Um, he decided to play, but now he says, never mind, I'm not going to play. What's the deal? What have you heard on campus? And realistically, first, when I first saw the story, I was like, oh, it's because they're losing. So I was like, I don't want to play anymore. I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's mostly, um, you know, like you mentioned, this is a guy who was a projected, I want to say, second to third round pick last year. He had a great season last year. Uh, first team all ACC. I think third team All-American. Um, and, you know, he he had a lot of pressure on him. I think there were some outside influences in his family. It seemed like he was going to make that jump and go to the NFL draft. I think Pitt was prepared to lose him last offseason. And, you know, he comes back. And I will say, you know, for everything he's given to the program, he's going to represent Pitt fantastically in the NFL with, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the fantastic Panthers in the pros lineup. But he just – I don't think he played to the same top-notch qual- level of quality that we saw from Paris last year. Um, you know, there were a couple of miscommunications, a couple of miscues in the defense. You look at that game against NC State, which would end up being their first loss of the season, starting this four-game losing streak. Uh, you, there were a couple of tight end touchdowns where it just looked like Ford was out of position and overmatched in tight end coverage. And so, you know, you maybe had that little bit of thought in the back of your brain, like maybe he's a little bit distracted, you know, with everything going off, it's, you know, by all means understandable, but I think this is really the best move for him is to, you know, opt out for the rest of the season, get healthy, continue to prepare for the NFL draft and make as much of an impact there as you can. It's the second opt out for the Panthers after losing Jalen Twyman, an all American defensive tackle in the, in the off season as you know, when you would expect it, you know, when you get to the question of opting out mid season, mm-hmm. I think first of all, Pitt is prepared for this. They have Brandon Hill, a, a redshirt freshman who's ready to step in. He's had some meaningful game time throughout this season. He's going to get a lot more. And I think he's going to perform up to the task. Maybe not obviously to the same level that Paris was able to give them right away, but you know, I think he will get there. They're pretty excited about him and where he's going. Um, but you know, you think this is a team that is full of guys who came back. You had guys like Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver who came back up front on that defense. You have, you know, the, um, the Phil Campbell's and Cam Bright's in the linebacking core. You have the DeMar Hamlin who's back for his like fifth and a half year. Um, he was able to get a special medical red shirt from a season a couple of years ago where he was hurt for most of the year. This is a team that, a defensive unit, especially that came back and knew that they were going to play for something. And at Mm -hmm. this point in the season for Pitt, that something that they were playing for just isn't there right now. And so I think in the locker room, I'm sure there's an understanding of like, all right, you go do you, you protect your family, you protect yourself, stay healthy. And, you know, we'll continue holding the fort down here. I still think that there is a confidence within that team that look, Paris was great, but we still have a lot of really good ball players, and we're still going to be able to perform as well as we can week in, week out. Let's see how they do perform. They're playing at Florida State. That line is 
Florida State is favored at minus two and a half, over under at 50, minus 132 for FSU, plus 110 for Pitt. What do you think about that game? You're looking at a Florida State team that uh, the every the last five games, it's loss, win, loss, win, loss. And, you know, unfortunately, it's been four straight losses for Pitt after starting the season 3-0. and Something's got to give yeah. here for two teams that just don't have a winning schedule uh, or a winning record. Uh, in the conference, Pittsburgh's 2-4, and four, Florida State's 1-4. and four. Yeah, I mean, time is running out for Pitt if they want to get to that, you know, 500 mark. Obviously, in an 11-game season, you're not going to get the exact 500. But I think five and six wins is still a goal for this team, given the fact that they had such high expectations for themselves coming in. They're going to start Joey Yellen under center for the third game in a row, obviously still without starter Kenny Pickett due to an ankle injury. Pat Narduzzi said he's not moving as well as they would like. Uh, Hasn't really started running until this week. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Yellen had a decent game in his first start against Miami, really kind of drew back a little bit against a a tough Notre Dame team. I'm really intrigued to see how this game shakes out for the Panthers. I think that being underdogs to Florida State on the road is exactly what this team needs right now. You're talking about a team, again, that has struggled maybe a little bit compared to the expectations coming in. But this is a team that still believes in themselves, that still thinks that they can compete at the highest level of this conference. And to do so, you have to go in and beat Florida State on the road. Florida State is still in that kind of doldrum. They are not the Florida State they should be. And of course, this is a pit team that heavily recruits more of the southern end of Florida, but still has a heavy recruiting presence in Florida with defensive line coach Charlie Partridge. You know, so many of those guys across both sides of the ball are Florida guys. They're going to want to go and make an impact in their home state and going in and showing up Florida State, a Florida State team that has not been very good at points throughout this season. They lost big to Louisville. They lost big early in the season. They, you know, managed to come back and stun UNC um, and eke out a win over Jacksonville State. But this is a team that should not be matching up with Pitt on paper because of the injuries, because of the losses that Pitt has had. Florida State comes in as the favorite. And I think Pitt needs exactly that to kind of get back, get their a little bit of the chip on their shoulder, a little bit of the edge back as they try to, you know, kind of get this season back on track. I do think that you know when you look at the success Florida State has had running the ball with Jordan Travis and using him to establish that Mike Norvell offense, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's going to be successful against this Pitt defensive front. I do think that the matchup, you know, on the field does shake out good for this Pitt defense to, you know, like I tried to say two weeks ago to have a little <laughs> bit of that bounce back game. I think it's much more likely to happen against Florida State than Notre Dame. Okay. So very good analysis, Bo. Now, who do you have to win the game? And take, are you taking the over-under? I would take uh, over-unders at 50. I would take Pitt, Moneyline, and the under. Pitt, Moneyline, and the under. Okay. Under at 50. All right. Well, if you look at say, these two teams. I would say like 27-14-ish, 27-17 maybe. Okay. Right. I still think I still think Pitt's offense is going to struggle a little bit with Joey Yellen. 
I think obviously having both teams coming off a bye, I think Pitt having a bye week to kind of continue getting him those first team getting getting Yellen those first team reps will help a little bit when the with their offensive rhythm, but I don't think they're going to be putting up forty or anything. Okay. I'm trying to manifest that happening. Um, you, you are, you are, you're, 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 you're doing what I would do. I, I feel like, you know, your analysis is with your head, but in the end you're going with your heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going with your heart. That's yeah. cool. Thanks, Bo. I really appreciate it. Let's go pit. Let's see what they do. All right. Coming up, we're going to talk NBA off season as we get into uh, Daryl Morey's comments that, uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons can play well together or work together. Uh, Drew Holiday on a trading block. I don't know about that one. And NBA players scheduling a vote on whether they want to come back December 22nd or not. It's that's that's it's just a, it's a tough call to make. It's a tough call to make. What is the tough call to make is that you should go to the propsnetwork.com if you need some help with betting because propsnetwork.com is the place where bets begin. No, the Props Network isn't a sports book. It's where smart bettors and new players go before, not during, before the sports book, not during the game. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all bettors need. One, exclusive signing bonuses. Two, reporting on weekly promos. Three, free betting picks. And number four, a live odds comparison for every game. Any game you want. PropsNetworks.com's got it. A visit to the PropsNetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering with the best available bonus and getting the biggest possible payout if your bets hit or your one bet hits. Either way, start with the PropsNetwork.com. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got great content. Follow the Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for updates all week from me on Just for Sport and the rest of our Props Network team. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. You must be 21 or over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So we're talking National Basketball Association. As I always follow, even with the offseason, you know, with my other eye, because now I am watching a lot of uh, NFL football. Daryl Morey is now going to be the, the darling of Philadelphia. And let's hope it lasts, because let me tell you something. I tell you, boy, Philadelphia will eat you up. That's a tough city. And I hope Daryl Morey can, can survive there. But the key for him and Doc Rivers, Elton Brand, you know, bringing in two of the top minds on the court and off the court in Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers have, yes, arguably two of the best players in the NBA if they can ever find a way to coexist. Daryl Morey said, quote, I think they absolutely, Embiid and Simmons, can work together, but Doc's been here a little longer than me. I'll turn to him. He's thought even longer on how they can work together. But Daryl Morey believes it. Elton Brand is going to take on uh, Daryl Morey's lead as the president, and I think that is good for Elton Brand, who you know, had only been in the job for like two years and he did a, a admirable job considering 
And now he has someone who in Houston, they were an amazing team. They were an amazing team. But my questions come from a few places. Did anything really work well in Houston when it counted? Did you ever feel that Westbrook and Harden worked well? Harden and Paul was the best tandem. They got to the uh, Western Conference Finals, loss, unfortunately, but it's not like Philadelphia was losing games and they were doing poorly during the regular season. It was a playoffs. That's where they didn't seem to coexist and they had issues. Now, granted, at least if you go back two years, I'm going to go back two years, and if the ball didn't bounce the way it did for uh, Kawhi Leonard in Toronto, I think that was game six. Um, maybe that was game five. You know, maybe we're talking something different with Philly. But the bottom line is, I just don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But it seems like both of these players in Embiid and Simmons want to be the alpha dog. And it's going to be interesting to see if Doc Rivers can get them to play together. I think some would say he couldn't get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to play well together. If he can get Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who both think they're the superstar. You know what it reminds me of? And they are not on the level of Shaq and Kobe, but that's what it reminds me of. Two players who wanted to be the, 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 the leader, the one to say, yeah, I'm the one who helped this team win. And I don't know if they can do it. I just don't see it. Drew Holiday on the trading blocks. That's okay. It's not that big of a story. But the interesting thing for me is who his backup was. Another member of the Ball family. Because LaMelo Ball may get drafted into the NBA. And will get drafted. I, I guess it's ridiculous to say maybe drafted. But Drew Holiday is 30 years old. Maybe it's time to move on. You got a new head coach in, in, in uh, Stan Van Gundy. I'm going to miss his, his analysis. I think him and Jeff Van Gundy are two of the best. I just like both of them. But I think when you look at the young nucleus, maybe it is time that it's Ball and Zion Williamson's and Brandon Ingram's team. It's a young nucleus. Maybe it's time to move on. I think you're going to need some senior leadership. And he's averaged 19 points per game, 6.7 assists, 4.8 rebounds. That's a lot to give up. That's a lot to give up. But they're going to do it anyway. At least they're trying to do it. And it'll be interesting to see if it works out for them, if they do it. That's a tough call. That's a tough call. And the last thing is that the NBA players are reportedly, you know, on, on many sites, ESPN, NBA, CBS, Fox Sports, everybody's reporting that the players are scheduled to vote on the next season plan. And that plan is either a 72-game season to start December 22nd, or maybe, you know, 60 games or so starting in January. 
And that actually would still time out to have the Olympics. Maybe you get that 60 game season. MLK day is when you kick off the season, January 18th. But for the NBA to say, hey, but if we don't just start December 2nd and we let a month go by, you're telling me a month could mean $500 million to a billion dollars in losses? That's tough to stomach. The league already missed their projection of revenue by $1.7 billion. 14% of the regular season wasn't played. But that also means that the players lost that in salary. So they've got a tough decision to make. A quote from Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic, who is that team's player rep, says, Quote, honestly, there's a level of compromise on each side. You know, this has not been easy with everything that's been thrown at the league and thrown at us just as people are trying to figure things out. So there's a level of compromise on both sides, but we're continuing to talk. And I just hope that we can get to the conclusion that works for everybody. And the tough part is I think that for the league, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money that they would be losing. So I don't know what you do in this situation. Nobody does, right? I mean, even in your life at home, you don't know what to do with COVID. You don't want to not go out. You don't want to live your daily life and you don't want to lose money if you got to go to work. You got to go to work, then you got to go to work. I think it's tough for anybody who is in many ways just, you know, like me. I don't have millions of dollars in the bank that's just kind of like, I'm cool. I can I can wait another month. I can wait another month. But you can't always do that. And I think... In this situation, I can only imagine how difficult those conversations are going to be between the players to decide if they should start in December. Now, I do think that maybe the best compromise is to accept that the teams that played the longest in the bubble, the Lakers, the Heat, You know, I mean, maybe the playoffs, period. Whoever was in the playoffs, maybe you accept the fact that some of their star players may not be playing at the start of the season. Maybe that's the one compromise. But either way, it can't be easy. It just can't be easy. Um, But I want basketball back, and I know you do too. So we'll get it. All right. So now I'm going to flip some things around here. And I wanted to do this new segment called Family Time. And the funny thing is that, you know, I I watch a lot of other sports on television and what they do with their shows. And my brothers and my dad are on a text chain that we talk 
we text a lot. And I think the most furious texts come when we're talking English Premier League soccer. So I said, you know what? Why not have some family time with my dad and brothers on the show? And let's talk some English Premier League. And of course, this time of the year, we can also talk Champions League. So I got my dad here and my brother, Ramu, my dad, Kenneth. How are y'all doing? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm not going to look at the one of the scarves you have up there. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, man, you. Let's first start with the Champions League as we talk soccer here. And uh, what are you two enjoying from watching the Champions League and the games that happen over the last week? It's a fury of games. All of these teams kind of seeing each other for the first time. So are you really seeing the best of the best or this is just the way it's laid out? Either one of you can start. Uh, best of the best. You know, Bayern is just cruising. And so, hey, <laughs> you know, best of the best there. Some of the other clubs are having a difficult time with, uh, I guess, what you say, some of the uh, – Lower seated clubs like <laughs> yesterday, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, Liverpool, you know, Bayern, they seem to be cruising right through top of their groups. Are you enjoying watching the games online, even when you're Manchester United, Ramu? And uh, yeah, how do you lose to Istanbul? How do you lose that game, Ramu? Uh, I can't quite explain it. I definitely think we approach the game uh, with not with the same um, uh, amount of intensity as we would a Premier League game. I think we were definitely uh, lacking, like, just overall um, – information about our opponent you know like I just didn't think I think they very much underestimated them and they just approached the game very lazy like and um just on that first goal it was very disappointing to see the entire team in one half of the field very disappointing and that's something that you learn when you're about eight years old when you start playing soccer that you never leave your opponent in their own half so it was definitely disappointing I don't think that they approached the game with the best um energy intensity just anything do you feel did you see the messy you wanted to see uh beating dynamo kiev yesterday in my opinion yes um he had a brilliant game no he had a brilliant game um he he scored the penalty of course scored the first goal so that was a big plus for them um and then i saw a lot of glimpse of him you know, being looking like himself. So dribbling, beating the beating players, one, two players, it doesn't matter. Um, making that that pass that just cuts open and splits the defense. So he had a very good game yesterday. Dad, do you I know it the thing that's confusing for me, and I do follow it, but I feel like I follow it more through the two of you mostly. <laughs> um there's so many groups and they play for two days and then they're off for the next month or November 24th is the next next group of matches. How can you get any kind of interest and really enjoy it 
if it's not continuous, especially the way we think of sports as, you know, NFL, NBA, you play the season in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. And then you got the travel factor, you know, you're going from one one part of the continent, like, you know, the UK and then into Turkey or wherever. And I mean, the travel, all, all the behind the scenes stuff is pretty tough. So, but still, you got to put it out on the pitch like you, you know, like you're a pro. And that was inexcusable yesterday. My goodness. So uh, it's interesting. It's interesting seeing some of the uh, Dimbaba like yesterday. I hadn't seen him mm -hmm. in a while. It's good <laughs> to see him play uh, once again. Yeah, I and, had no uh, plan. Yeah, it's interesting watching all the various clubs. I was surprised that uh, Leipzig, too, the way they've been playing. I thought they would come out and be, uh, you know, more in position uh, in top of their group or moving towards the top of their group. Mm -hmm. uh, Leipzig and Manchester United are in Group H at the top, both with six points each. PSG lost. Yeah, and it's I mean that was amazing to see them them lose as well. All of these teams mm -hmm. you 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 thought would would kind of uh, be able to challenge Bayern Munich, but realistically, Bayern Munich is. I mean, they're just amazing. The, yeah. If yeah. you if you had to pick one team that's a sleeper, you can't pick Bayern Munich. Who do you think wins Champions League? That's a sleeper. So a team that we wouldn't think that would possibly even make it to the final. Yeah, I mean, hey, you could pick Chelsea if you want to. I know neither one of you would think my team is going to have a chance of winning Champions League. But, yeah, because I feel like it's easy to say Messi, right? That would be the other one with Barcelona. But is there, is there another team that you would that you could say, which I obviously uh, Messi is the best player in the world and Bayern Munich is the best team, but, you know, is Liverpool, is it right to call them a sleeper if you wanted to pick them? I think a team like Atletico Madrid, who have a coach who's a very um, intense coach, who, play, who you know, who manages his players with a lot of passion, but they don't get the same headlines that you know as a Barcelona or a Bayern Munich. Um, I can't remember the result from their last game. I feel like they just edged out a win with maybe like a Jao Felix uh, game winner. Um, but, yeah, Atletico is definitely a team I think that a lot of people don't expect to go far. They have key players who can take them far. They just signed Suarez. They, Like I mentioned, they have Jao Felix, and they have a pretty sound um, defense. So I think they can be a sleeper, and a lot of people don't expect them to go far, but you should watch out for Atletico. Okay. Dad? Yeah, that's a good choice. That's a good choice? Yeah. Of course. Know, PSG, can they, can they break the jinx of uh, going out, you know, the uh, semifinals or quarterfinals or whatever and get through to, you know, mm -hmm. come out and play in the finals. Yeah. Oh, another team is Borussia Mönchengladbach, who is actually at the top of their group, I believe. They just mm – -hmm. they, um, they beat Madrid. No, they tied Madrid, and I believe they won their first game. Um, so, yeah, they're in a, in a tough group too with uh, Real Madrid and Inter Milan. Yes, they are. Uh, Borussia yeah. Mönchengladbach. What a name. Oh, man, I'd like to see that on a jersey. Uh, an another jersey Porto I like. Go well. ahead. Who, is that? Who is it, Dad? Porto. Mm. 
the, the Portugal team. Yeah. FC Porto? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. We'll play yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, they're in the man, they're in Group C with Manchester City. Uh, and Atletico Madrid is in Group A with Bayern Munich. So, boy, yeah. that's, that's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's switch to English Premier League. And I first want to start with... I remember on a tweet that, Dad, you just went off about how you couldn't see the the Premier League games the same way. And where can I watch games? And then today I see breaking news after this weekend, no more pay-per-view for the English Premier League. How happy are you? Cheering that. I'm cheering that. Yeah. Is it? I mean, they got the message. They got the message from the fans that, hey, you know, Jacking up the price for the uh, pay-per-view and all like that uh, just wasn't working. And so if they want the fans to, to really be involved, I'm, I think they made the right move. So I'm a little confused. Mm-hmm. Is it they're scraping Peacock and everything like the American services, or is it just the pay-per-view services that were over in England? Just the pay-per-view services, but I think in their mind, they were thinking, well, I mean, well, not just in their mind, but the bottom line is fans couldn't go to games. It's not So their thinking was, well, if fans can't go to games, then let's put it on pay-per-view, but now you mm-hmm. want to charge people for money exactly. when they obviously are, you know, some people may be struggling to make ends meet, but yet you want $20 to be able to watch the game and between uh, Sky Sports box office and BT Sports box office, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I guess it's going to change. But but, you know, I think obviously watching on you know, NBC Sports, that's where we got to watch the Premier League mostly, which was exciting. Um, but let's move on to the 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 table. Liverpool's at the top. Any surprises for you? Leicester City, obviously, that was their amazing run was at three years ago, which mm-hmm. nobody expected. My team that I'm looking at that's surprising is tied for third is the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, any surprises for you in the Premier League so far? Uh well, I didn't expect Everton to be where they are. I mean, they had a good team. I didn't expect them to be in the top four. And so uh, quite a surprise there. And uh, I would concur with you about the Wolverhampton being in the uh, place or position where they are. Definitely a surprise. Uh, Leicester, we know they got a good, very good team. So that, that pretty much wasn't a surprise in being in that top uh, four group so for me well yeah like dad said Leicester's not so much surprising uh they definitely have a good solid squad and a, definitely a solid um coach behind them for me the most surprising and I know that they're not in first place anymore but it was definitely Aston Villa <laughs> 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 they they're currently in eighth place and they've only lost two games. So before those two losses, and I'm not sure, I think yeah, so they won their their first three and lost their last two. So they actually they won the first four and lost the last two. So they went the first four weeks undefeated in the Premier League. And they were one of the last teams undefeated in all of Europe. So over the last two weeks, they're, they've definitely lost some form and they've dropped from first to eighth place. But they were my biggest surprise at the beginning of the year. Um, I'm hoping that they can pick up a little bit more consistency because I'm a 
huge Jack Grealish fan. Um, I love the fact that he stayed Aston Villa his whole career and has just like literally transformed the team and they they've built the entire club around him. So that's big. Um, and I, I'm excited to see them back in the Premier League. Also, Southampton sitting at fifth. I think um, I really expected that they didn't have any major signings over the summer or bring any uh, youth talent up. Um, any significant youth talent, youth talent up, um, and they always have like a strong um, youth academy. They produce the likes of Theo Walcott, Gareth, Theo Walcott, Gareth Bell, um, just a lot of big names. Um, and then Everton at fourth place, like who expected that? Even with the signing of James Rodriguez or whoever else, but Everton has a great manager in Carlo Ancelotti, and I believe that they can do big things this year too. All right, uh, let's pick some upcoming games here. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, this weekend, Manchester United at Everton. Uh, you can take Everton at plus 188 to win. <laughs> take the tie at plus 250, or you can take Manchester United at plus 143. Dad, you go first. What are you taking? Or who are you taking? Uh, yeah, who am I taking? I think United is going to bounce back. Uh <laughs> Yeah, they got the talent. They, I'm sure Ole was Ole was uh, in their faces about that loss, but I think they'll get it together and come back uh, for this match against Everton. Ramu, who you got? You don't even have to ask me. You know, I'm going with United. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter their form. I don't care if the entire starting eleven is hurt. I'm still going to go with United. <laughs> All right, the, the Wolverhampton Wanderers at Leicester City. You can take Leicester City at plus 133. Mm. You can go for the tie at plus 210, or you can take the Wolves at plus 235. Mm. Oh. I'm going to go with Leicester for this one. I think it's going to be a really – it's going to be a high-paced, very intense game. Um, but I think – and it's, it's going to come down to Raul Jimenez versus Jamie Vardy. Who's going to score that first goal? Who's going to, you know, edge their team in front early? Um, and I think Leicester just have that little bit more of creativity and, and discipline in their team. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go with Leicester. Okay. Dan. Yeah, I concur. I'll drink to that. You drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll concur with that. <laughs> Liverpool at Manchester City. Essay's not here with us. I know he would pick Manchester City at minus 107, or you can go with the tie at plus 325, or Liverpool Liverpool at plus 240. Who you got? I'm going with Liverpool. I think uh, the three attacking players that they have uh, are just, you know, too much for, for City's defense at this point. Even though Van Dijk is out, um, I think uh, the midfield will be controlled by Liverpool. And I would, I would go with Liverpool at this one. Okay, Ramu? I think I'm going to go the opposite direction. And I'm going to bless, bless my brother, and I'm going to go with – I mean, sorry, Manchester City. Um, I'm going to stick in Manchester for this one. I just think that with Gabriel Jesus coming back and him scoring a goal um, in the Champions League, I think that that's a player who's going to uh, look to have a really bright game against Liverpool. He's definitely going to be involved a lot in the attack. 
And I think City's defense will hold up with new signing, signings like Ruben Diaz, um, who's going to hopefully start the game for them. I know they switched it up for their championship game a little bit. But, yeah, I'm hoping that that's the way that things go. City get the win and Liverpool lose points. Okay. Um, ben says Jota time. Yeah. Yeah. He's been on fire for Liverpool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. The squad did a good job of bringing him in. Uh, thank you very much. I enjoyed family time. Uh, I'm sure we'll be going over text during the games. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm thanks, sure. Ramu. Thanks, Dad. No problem. Okay. No problem. Yeah, thanks. All right. Well, there you have it. Family time. I hope you enjoyed it and you learned a little bit from the English Premier League. Um, it is, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. And it is uh, one of the more exciting times for me with my family that I never really expected um, to be so much into uh, soccer as much as I am, mostly because of them. Uh, let's go. We're going to end the show on Devil's Advocate. We're going to talk about Antonio Brown uh, and how Antonio Brown says he's extremely grateful for a second chance with the Buccaneers. And I don't, obviously, no one likes what happened off the court. It's really unfortunate. But there is a part of me that does feel like people deserve a second chance. And maybe this is a third or fourth one for him. But I actually think when you think of the mental aspect of the game, there's something that happened with Antonio Brown that I hope in many ways Let's give him a second chance. Let's hope that Tom Brady will be able to kind of center him and make him a better person and make him the greatness that he was on the court, excuse me, on the field. He was the best wide receiver in football. He was so dynamic and electric, and I want to see that again. And I hate for anything to happen with a player like him the way it seemed to implode for him beginning with uh, leaving the Steelers. And what happened, you know, uh, with that organization, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I wish him the best this weekend. And even with what he has went through and is going through off the field, I want what seemed to make him thrive was football. And when he lost football, it seemed like when he he really lost it mentally. And maybe this can help make him uh, come back to just the fun, great guy that maybe we didn't know everything that happened off the field or we didn't care about what happened off the field. And I don't think it's the latter because it's not like you knew about all of these things that Antonio Brown was having issues with the Steelers as much as it was mostly towards the very end. And then his time with Oakland uh, and his time with, with New England that didn't go well. And so maybe now, maybe now he is the Antonio Brown that we really just grew to enjoy watching. And now we're going to get to hopefully see him again in Tampa Bay. And who knows, maybe you'll see him again in the Super Bowl and he can finally get that ring. So there's my take. I'm cool with Antonio Brown coming back. Now, sports you don't care about is where we really end the show. And uh, apparently there's a World Cup of darts, as uh, Bo brought to our attention in the show on Monday. And I looked it up. There is the World Championship of darts, the favorite at plus 300 
is Michael Van Gerwen. And I don't know anything about darts. I really don't. But, but, what I did say is, without doing research this first time, yeah, I could have gone online and learned something about darts and who's the best player or whatever. But I said, no, you know what? I'm just going to do it with my gut. I'm going to go with who has the best name. And so my sleeper is Dimitri Vandenberg. You can get him at plus 3,300. That's my pick for sports you don't know about. I don't know anything about darts, but I'm going to learn. And I'm going with Dimitri Vandenberg. That's the end of the show. Thank you very much for to my dad, Ramu, for coming on the show. Bo, you did a great job. Looking forward to uh, doing shows with you. And hopefully, thank you very much, uh, Charles, for joining the chat. Really appreciate your comments there. Uh, and everyone else who is watching on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. You know what I'm going to say, everybody. Ciao for now.